0: I call this a sermonette. I want to open with Luke chapter 15 and starting with verse 11. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. And so he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had, and he set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living after he'd spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. And so he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare? Here I am starving to death. I will set out. And go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven uh, and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. And so he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son and threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven And against you, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And so they began to celebrate. But meanwhile, the older son was in the field. And when he came near the house... He heard music and dancing, and so he called out to one of the servants and asked him what was going on. "'Your brother has come home,' he replied, "'and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound.'" The older brother became angry and refused to go in, so his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, "'Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat.'" And so we're actually going to look really at Luke chapter 1. That was my, that, that was my, my prequel, my, my, my prelude. Um, I, I'm going to look past the obvious. Most of us know that the Son of God was born to a virgin to save us. That's the Christmas story. I want to look today at the other half of the account. We're going to look at John, uh, his, his forerunner, his cousin, because the birth of John was the announcement that God's salvation was at hand. Jesus wasn't going to come until John came first. So I want to read about John's coming in Matthew, in Luke chapter 1 and starting with verse 5. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and regulations blamelessly. But they had no children, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well along in years. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Don't be afraid, Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He's never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, well, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man. My wife is well along in years. The angel answered, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I've been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you didn't believe my words, which will come true at their proper time. But meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zachariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, He couldn't speak to them. They realized he'd seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but he remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. And after this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he's shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Now, the prophet Malachi had foretold that Elijah... The prophet Elijah of the Old Testament would come back one day. In fact, those are the final words of the Old Testament in the prophet Malachi. Today, those Jews who have not accepted Christ still leave a place for Elijah at Passover. He might come today. God told Zechariah, he's here. The angel told Zechariah, today the promise of the Messiah is fulfilled. Your kid will be the one to pave the way. The angel told Zechariah that what God wanted to do was to be reconciled with his children. Zechariah's son would be instrumental in showing people the way back to God. So, let's go back to that prodigal son for the minute. The first thing that the prodigal son needed was to see his dad. He needed to come before him, stand in his presence, talk with him again. But the the problem is the Bible tells us that we are Uh, We are too far from God. We cannot enter God's presence as we stand. We can't go home. The distance is too far. We can't get to God. So, God came to us. God sent Jesus to reconcile us to God. To get us out of the pigsty. To get us back to him. To bring people back from rebellion. To leave the mess of sin and disobedience behind to stand before our loving but perfect Father and to face the fact that we need him. So let's keep reading in in John's story in in Luke chapter 1, verse 57. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, no, he's to be called John. They said to her, there's no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote his name is John. Immediately, his mouth was opened, and his tongue was loosed, and began to speak, praising God. The neighbors were all filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was clearly with him. There's a beautiful symbolism here. Simple. John's voice is gone. Sorry, Zachariah's voice is gone, and he is silenced. Man's voice, our voice was gone. We had no presence before God. We were separated from him because of Adam and Eve's sin, and because of our own sin. But Jesus brings people the offer of restoration. Not to just come before God, but to come before his throne and be restored. No longer strangers, but his children. The prodigal son came before his father, Content to just be a servant, he would have been okay with that. That would have been fine with him, but his father wouldn't have any of that. He restored him. He made him his son again, and that's what God does for us. He doesn't just let us into heaven. That would be nice enough, but we come in as his heirs, as sons and daughters. Zechariah lost his voice due to a disobedient spirit. Obedience restored his voice. And God restores us through the coming of his Messiah and our, obedient, our obedience to him. And so, we read the last of, of this account in Luke chapter 1 and verse 67. His father Zachariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and has redeemed his people. He's raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David as he said through his holy prophets long ago. Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. To show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham. To rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called as prophet of the Most High For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. The child grew and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the desert until he appeared publicly in Israel. Zachariah's song of praise, it's one of the smartest passages in the Bible. Zachariah gets it. He totally gets what God is doing. God is redeeming his people. He's saving them. Because of his covenant of old with Israel, God offers salvation through Jesus. Now, all of us can be restored and reconciled to him. And as they say, but wait, there's more. Not just restored and reconciled, but God offers us redemption. Zechariah praises him for that. Again, think of the prodigal son. It's not just that he gets to come home. It's not even just that he gets to be a son again. It is as if the father pays off all those debts that he accumulated. He redeems him from his debtors. In short, the son is offered forgiveness from sin and forgiveness from the penalties of sin. This is why Zechariah is so brilliant. At that time, all that time in silence, he was thinking, he was working through this. He knew God's word, he knew God's promises, and he saw that God was fulfilling those promises at that time. God was offering mankind complete forgiveness through Jesus Christ. The time was now at hand. We're fortunate. We don't have to wait like Zechariah did. Jesus has come now. And we have the chance to follow and obey him now. Thank you for listening. You can contact us at our website, firstchurchofchristelkins.com, where you can also find out more. Have a nice week.